Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I am Leah, and I am joined by Katie and Bonnie and Barb, and we're talking about our one cool aviation gal. So Bonnie already talked about Sophie Blanchard, and Barb already talked about Mama Bird, Evelyn Johnson. Uh, But before we dive back in, I want to get to know something random about our gal pals. I want to know, have you ever been to an air show? Want to know if my father is the only one that dragged nope. me? I've been. <laughs> okay, there I've you been. go. I've um, been. <laughs> yeah. Down where I grew up in Madison, Indiana, we used to have the Jefferson Proving Ground. Oh, yeah. And they would have every summer an air show out there, mm-hmm. and they'd park the tanks and the airplanes and nice. all kinds of stuff so you could walk around or even climb on them. There's yeah. some nice 80s photos of me, like... <laughs> Climbing on a blue angel. Yeah. (laughs) Poop sleeves. Oh, yeah. I think we need to see those. Right. Pixar didn't happen. Oh, yeah. My dad loves an air show. Um, And then also, I didn't say it when Bonnie was talking about her gal, but Madison used to host a hot air balloon race. Oh, nice. Yeah. But but it wasn't really a race. Right. It was, you know, they would uh, throw something (laughs) out of the hot air balloon at the target because there'd be a target. And it was whoever got their thing out of their balloon got... Was, the target was it a puppy? So. <laughs> really? No? I mean, you just got to see them go up. You actually didn't get to see them throw it at the target, so it could have been a puppy. Fair. Don't, we don't know. It's possible. <laughs> I'm sure somebody but. was there to catch the puppy yes. if it was oh, a puppy. 100%. Yes. For any children that are listening. Uh-huh. If children are listening, <laughs> listening to the show. It's valid. That's a good point. <laughs> But for those who are child at heart, I'm sure all the puppies are fine. The puppies are fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Totally. Air shows? Air shows. Yes. So yeah. I grew up um, in Hamilton, Ohio, which is south of Dayton. Gotcha. By the big museum. Yes. Ah, so, nice. Yeah. And, you know, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base is there. Yes. Um, and all that kind of stuff. So there was usually, every summer, there was a big... Um, mm-hmm. A big air show, and we didn't go to it all the time, mm-hmm. but we lived close enough that we, we got a lot of the traffic. So, you know, we'd see the biplanes and, mm-hmm. you know, every, all the fun things that would, would yeah. go up. And one year we did, Dad did pile us all in, and, you know, so we could <laughs> so go experience going. it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of cursing and gnashing of teeth, I'm sure, yeah. during that road trip. But <laughs> but it was fantastic. I mean, it's always fun to, to see, you know, to see the big the big. The big, big planes activities. go big sounds. Yeah, the big planes, the little planes, everything. It was all fun. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Bon, what about you? Yeah, the uh, Mount Comfort over here. Oh, yeah. Right oh, next yeah. to my elementary school is yeah. the airport, and they do air shows. Oh, cute. They're on the regular. They get the Blue Angels yeah, or whatever. The Blue Angels, yep. The big mm-hmm. kahunas of the air shows. Nice. Sweet. Oh, nice. Yeah, for me, uh, a father consistently <laughs> dragged us to air shows. Uh, and I say drag because I was constantly worried that the planes were going to crash because they would do the stunts and they would drive really close, fly, drive, they would fly really close to each other and do this. And I was just, 
It was the same thing of when I took my youngest child to the circus and they were doing the motorcycles oh, inside right. the cage and she started freaking out. And I went, this is me in an air show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the same fear of what if they hit each other? Yeah. This is going to be really bad. I don't want to see that. And I don't want that to happen to them. And I felt like I would have little panic attacks. However, they did not crash and it was very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> And I usually got like some kind of ice cream or cotton candy. So sugar was involved. It's all good. So therefore, yes. (laughs) Well, who I have for you, I'm super excited to tell you about because I have wanted to talk about Wally Funk for the longest (laughs) time. I adore her. She makes my heart happy. Um, She is very much like, I think, a shadow version of me, but just in a different, like, uh, different universe. So she is the youngest of the Mercury 13, which are the 13 test female pilots that were not allowed to become astronauts because they were women. Don't worry, I'll explain. Uh, But... Until William Shatner, that's right, Captain Kirk himself ruined it and went into space. My gal Wally was the oldest woman ever to be in space. Eldest person. Sorry, oldest person to ever be in space. Uh, She went up when she was 82 years old in the Blue Origin, a.k.a. Bezos Penis Mobile. (laughs) But she went up there and came back. And currently today, she is 84 years old and still with us. So... Wally Funk is my Time gal. To give her another ride on his mm-hmm. penis. I'm just saying, right? Exactly. And she did. So when, Shatner ruined it. When Shatner <laughs> went up, she she was interviewed. Yes. And, and yes. she had very kind things oh, to she's say. She's a very good person. She is a very good person. So. <laughs> she's still the oldest woman to yeah. ever be in space, yeah. but just not the oldest person because yeah. Shat likes to steal a lot of fun <laughs> away from, especially women. <laughs> I did a lot of uh, Nichelle Nichols research, so, you know, I can confirm. Uh, But let me set you back to Wally Funk's, like, early days. So she was born in New Mexico, and her love of planes was, like, day one. There's a story where she's, like, five years old, and she goes up to an airplane that was at a museum, and she starts changing the lug nuts. Like, she's, like, instantly already in place. Uh, She was nine years old when she got her first flying lesson, because they just couldn't keep her away from a plane. In high school, she wanted to take classes on mechanical drawing and auto mechanics because it would lead to aviation. They said she couldn't because she was a girl, so she just left high school and went to college. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to skip over this stuff. She's bullshit. Correct. So she graduated in 1958 with her pilot's license and an associate of arts degree. And then she went to Stevens College in Missouri because there she could become a member of the Flying Susies. So the Flying Susies were this very prestigious, you know, place uh, where she could do more flying. Uh, So then finishing up her degree, she went to Oklahoma State University solely for the reason to become a flying Aggie. Just from flying school to flying school. So she got her aviation certificate and she uh, flew gin. Uh, Commercial planes, single engine planes, multi-engine planes, and more. She won Outstanding Female Pilot, Flying Aggie Top Pilot, and the Alfred Adler Memorial Trophy, which I'm assuming was a very big deal. I have no idea who that guy is. Um... She was also elected the Office of the Flying Aggies, and she did a lot of flying competitions. So, like, those wonderful uh, shows that, you know, we were all kind of dragged to. (laughs) 
so get this. She's 20 years old at this point. She has a bachelor's degree. Um, and she's an army civilian professional pilot. So she's not in the army because she's a woman, <laughs> but she's a civilian within the pilot, uh, within the program. She is the first female flight instructor at a U.S. military base. Nice. The idea of a woman on a military base when she's 20 years old and in the very, very early 60s is like a big deal and way crazy. Um, but then... This other big deal kind of lands on her lap. It's called the Women in Space Program. Um, this will later become the Mercury 13, which is what, you know, we like to call it because Women in Space Program is boring as hell. Um, what's important to know about the recruitment for the Lovelace Program for female astronauts was they were looking for women in the ages of 25 to 40. She was 22 at the time. Wow. <laughs> So she was too young. So she wrote a letter to Lovelace and listed all of her accomplishments, which was a lot at that particular point for a 22 year old, you know, probably compared to some of the 40 year olds that were putting in applications for this. So she was invited along with 25 other women for testing uh, for the Lovelace program to see if they could become female astronauts. So for phase one of the testing, it was done in uh, Lovelace's clinic in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It was five days of testing, and it was done in pairs. But Wally's pair never showed up. <laughs> oh. So Wally did all the testing. The idea of the pairs is one person would be tested, and the other person would be on break, and so on and so on. She wasn't on break. They just mm. kept doing the tests. Um, apparently lovely staff wasn't sure how to test women because, you know, that, that, what is right. it? The uterus could be Roman mm -hmm. anywhere. <laughs> they did 75 to 87, depending on how you do the math of it, tests on women, including, I'm just going to give you some of the weird ones here. I mean, first there's the dental exams. Then there's just x-rays to find out, you know, like where the bones are and all that stuff. They get an enema every morning. They had to swallow three feet of rubber hose into their stomach for a test every day. They had 19 needles stuck in their head to record, record brain activity. They had to drink a pint of radioactive water just to see what would happen. They had to have a 10 degree water in your ear test. This is a test that it caused involuntary eye and head movements. It was to see if your brain was healthy. Oh my. I don't think their brains were healthy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so uh, that's just some of the tests that they did on the Mercury 13. 13 of the ladies, Mercury 13, of 25 gals passed these very weird, weird, weird tests. Um, the next phase was going to begin, but the world witnessed the first man in space. Yay! It was a Russian, Yuri Gagarin. <laughs> uh, followed a month later... The U.S., you know, got their sheds together. And uh, Alan Shepard did a suborbital flight. And for 15 minutes, he went up and then he went down. It's more than I've done. So I shouldn't be. <laughs> you shouldn't <laughs> too, be poo-pooing. I shouldn't be poo-pooing the fact that he's been to space and I have not. Uh, but then began phase two of testing in the Mercury program. So uh, stage phase two was in Oklahoma City. And this was psychological testing. So they did all the physical tests. So now it's psychological. One of these tests was the water isolation test. So one at a time, uh, the gals were asked to float in a tank of warm water. Already, does this sound just 
delicious. Um, <laughs> they were just told to lay there as long as they could. Like there was no sounds. It was a semper, uh, uh, a sensory deprivation chamber. Right. The lights were very low. They had earplugs in. They had a waistband that helped them float. And it was to mimic weightless conditions just to see. The women loved it. <laughs> they were perfectly happy. Up. Thank you. Yeah. I would too. They wanted to be in there forever. Uh, for many of the women, there's actually a documentary called The Mercury 13. Um, they said it was their second favorite thing to flying. It was so great. Um, they loved the peace. They loved the quiet. Nice. Nobody could ask them to do anything. <laughs> Nobody it followed them to solid- the bathroom. It was mm-hmm. great. I mean, apparently the bathroom was... Uh, anyway, um, yes. <laughs> However, the men who had to take this couldn't stand this test. They started crawling out of their own skin. The longest man was three hours oh my in gosh. this water tank. Wally set the record at 10 hours and 35 minutes. And that's only because they told her she had to get out. <laughs> she would have stayed in longer. But all the women nailed this test. Um, but the men would start to hallucinate. Being alone being not having sensory, you know, having anything to do drove them nuts. (laughs) So Dr. Lovelace was thrilled at how the women's testing went, and he took the results to Washington. He showed the brass just how much better the women were doing than the men in the same tests. The final phase was set for September 1961. Uh, The third phase was going to be in Pensacola, Florida. It was going to be with the Navy. And the gals would have jet orientation and be tested on that centrifuge, the vomit comet spinny thing. So it's also important to mention that uh, certified to be a certified astronaut, you had to have jet engine training. And that was off limits to women. Women weren't allowed to be jet pilots because it was only for the Navy and women weren't allowed in the Navy until the 70s. <laughs> So you couldn't be an astronaut if you couldn't fly the plane and you couldn't find the plane because you you know what I mean? It's like this series of different, we're yeah. not saying that women can't do it. Right. We just keep moving the bar. But women just like kind of can't do it. Except for Jacqueline Cochran, who was rich, selfish, and knew too many military people. So she got to fly a jet airplane, but she was over the age of 40. <laughs> mm. So she couldn't become an astronaut and got real mad about it. Um, but all of the Mercury 13 had their plane tickets to go to the Navy base in Pensacola to finally fly in a jet plane um, to get on that centrifuge test. When suddenly NASA canceled all of the testing. Uh, The rumor was that NASA got word that the women being tested were doing better than the men. (laughs) And they wanted to end the whole thing. LBJ apparently wrote, stop this, stop this right now. Uh, Wally scored third best in the program. On many of the tests, she scored better than John Glenn. This is important if you know some shiz about John Glenn. (laughs) I know, I know, American sweethearts. He doesn't like women. Spoilers. Anyway, the gals were like absolutely heartbroken that the third part of testing was done and that they didn't want to hear any more of how good they could be as astronauts. They were told to keep building their flight experience and perhaps the program would come back. But for now, their dreams of being astronauts would just have to wait. 
It was 60 years that Wally had to wait to become an astronaut. So in that time, she was the first woman to complete an FAA General Aviation Operation Inspector Academy course. I assume that mother that Mama Bird probably developed the course. <laughs> I would assume, yeah. Oh, so we're talking about in the 60s. So yes. probably yep. Mama Bird developed it. Yep. And then Wally was the first one uh, female to take it. <laughs> Um, she was an FAA field examiner as well. She was the first female air safety investigator for the National Transportation mm-hmm. Safety Board. Mm-hmm. Um, she flew in air races, including the Powerpuff Derby, Yay. which is so cute. Um, the Powerpuff Derby was also a big connection point for WASP, which was the Women's yep. Air yep. Force Service Pilots of World War II. Um, Wally was a speaker for aviation and including being a key speaker for the U.S. World Aviation and Educational Safety Conference. Yay, Congress. Uh, she was a chief pilot at Emory Aviation College for more than f- and more than four aviation schools. Unlike Mama Bird, this number is going to seem sad. She has over 18,000 flight hours. <laughs> That was a big deal when I was researching it, but now Mama Bird has a lot more. No, it's totally fine. Um, she has taught herself over 3,000 pilots. So again, that's yep. spreading. Yep. And this is like the next generation. Yeah. So it's kind of like we've got Mama Bird and then we've got Wally and yep. there's going to be somebody else doing yep. it, killing it right yep. now. Um, her name is on the Wall of Honor at the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum. And then it finally happened July 20th, 2021. Let me take you to the waybacks of 2021. <laughs> Blue Origin went up to space with four passengers. Yes, this is the Bezos penis mobile. Um, 18-year-old uh, Olive Damien, um, who is from the Netherlands, Mark Bezos, Jeff Bezos, and Wally Funk. Um, all the joking aside, of course, about the spaceship, <laughs> which is very hard for me to stop talking about the space of, or the shape of the spaceship. Uh, the suborbital space mission was more than just a billionaire test for one gal. It was the ultimate aviation in a lifetime of living among the clouds. Wally finally got to live her 22 year old dream of becoming an astronaut. She was 82 years old. And once again, she beat John Glenn at something because John Glenn was the oldest person to be in space and she beat him again. <laughs> so that is my glorious Wally Funk. If you watch interviews with her, she's like super spunky, super joyous. There's no way you'd guess that she's like 84 years old right now. Like That's she's awesome. She's so flippin' flangin' adorable. <laughs> so yes. Any questions about Wally? Love her. Love her. How'd she get the name Wally Funk? It was her, uh, actually, I'm trying to remember. She's Mary. She is a Mary. She never went by Mary, but her middle name is Wally. And I want to say it's Wallace, actually. Now, let me double check to make sure I'm not wrong. Because Wally Funk, let's see, dun, dun, dun. It's such a perfect name, too. Um, Mary Wallace Funk. Okay. Yeah, Very nice. exactly. So the Wally comes from Wally Wallace. Funk. Exactly. She's like, nobody calls me Mary. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Good to know. We went I mean, to it's an awesome name. I know, right? It really is. Mm-hmm. We went to the Amelia Earhart birthplace and there's all these um, uh, buy a brick things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's many of them from the Mercury 13 pilots that, that had lived into their eighties that I saw there. Um, but I saw Wally's brick that she, uh, had donated to the museum and I was like, so I took a picture of Wally's brick. (laughs) 
Uh-huh. Exactly. Sweet. Should I wrap us up? Please sure. do. Dun, dun, dun. Well, that wraps it up for us this week. Join us next week for another cool woman of history as the Girls Guide podcast continues. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>